your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 22nd, 2020, getting closer and closer to that special day this holiday season. Uh, got a couple special days coming up this holiday season in the next few weeks, but uh, getting really, really close to the, the end of the month and itching towards that December 25th date coming up on Friday, and the Raiders will play again on Saturday, uh, the day after uh, the Christmas holiday. So uh, yeah, pretty excited about uh, getting closer and closer to this holiday and also excited about getting this holiday season and over with but that's another that's a whole nother conversation for another day uh, before I get into today's show I want to tell you about the sponsor uh, today's episode is being brought to you by 1010 now you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes and we're excited to tell you about it 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, I got your calls, I got your texts, I even got a tweet. That Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, you know the number, 707-654-4693. Again, 707-654-4693. That's coming up in segment number three. And then uh, segment number two, going to talk about, I've been mentioning this holiday season and and the day that's coming up on Friday, the Christmas holiday. Want to talk about gifts. And uh, this is something I talked about on ESPN Central Texas on Monday, and this is not an original idea by me. I actually heard it on uh, uh, Sarah Spain and, uh, and, and Fitzy, uh, Jason Fitz show that they have on ESPN National. I think I heard it like last week, and I just kind of flipped it to the Raiders. So I want to talk about gifts, gifts I'd like the Raiders to have or like, like gifts I'd like to give the Raiders this holiday season, and then a present that I would like to return that the Raiders currently have. And so I'll I'll explain what I mean by that coming up in segment number two, but it should be a little fun conversation that we will have. And then here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day. And uh, believe it or not, there's actually a lot of news and notes to get to. And John Gruden having a media session was not one of them. He didn't have a media session on Monday. I was kind of shocked by that, but maybe they'll have one later on today. Not too sure uh, with the game coming up on Saturday. I guess the schedule switched up just a little bit. So uh, possibly we'll hear from John Gruden later on today, and then I'll bring it to you on the show on Wednesday, but uh, yeah, no John Gruden media session on Monday like I expected there to be. So let's go ahead and jump into the news and the notes of the day, because like I said, there was plenty of news and notes to get to. Off top, the Raiders have another player put on the reserve COVID-19 list. This time it is safety Eric 
Harris. So Eric Harris now currently on the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, another Raider player has gone down, and uh, that means that he'll probably miss this week's game. Now, it doesn't say that he tested positive, but he's on the COVID-19 list, so maybe it's contact tracing and he's back for Saturday. But, man, the Raiders, when it comes to this COVID-19, I know at one point John Gruden said that they're going to beat this and they're going to fight the, the hardest and they're going to be the team that, that uh, defeats it or whatever. It was something to the point of they were going to do really well by this COVID-19 and they weren't going to have a lot of victims of it. Well, the Raiders placed defensive back Daryl Worley on the list on Friday. Uh, I didn't know this, but defensive back Isaiah Johnson was actually put on the list on Saturday. Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver, he's already on the list. Linebacker Tanner Muse is on the list. I mean, that's all these guys at the same time. Safety Eric Harris, defensive back Daryl Worley, defensive back Isaiah Johnson, wide receiver Henry Ruggs, and linebacker Tanner Muse. And I know Tanner Muse is out for the season, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously, it matters for his health, but it doesn't matter as far as playing time. But, man, they got all these guys on the list at the same time, not to mention all the dudes that have been on the list throughout the season. And, look, it's nothing to shake a stick at. It's nothing to say, oh, you'll be okay. I mean, it's a serious, a real deal thing, a real deal issue. Uh, if you saw the game on Sunday night football and you saw Miles Garrett, you see that he's still uh, dealing with it. You know, he was a guy that, that was tested positive for COVID-19. And uh, you could tell on Sunday night that he was still trying to even get his win back. Then he tweeted out on Monday, like, uh, forget COVID-19. I don't think he used that uh, forget as the F word, but you get what I'm saying, uh, because he's still dealing with the the effects of it. So obviously it's a real deal thing, but man, the Raiders, if it wasn't for bad luck, they would have no luck when it comes to COVID-19 and how many players they put so far this season on the reserve 19 list. Next up is a positive note, and that has to do with the Pro Bowl voting. Uh, the rosters were announced on Monday, and, you know, it was one of those things. You're wondering if the Raiders were going to have anybody on the Pro Bowl roster, and uh, there's been times in the past when they've had really good teams and had teams with good players on it, and they get snubbed. Well, the Raiders did, in fact, get two guys on the Pro Bowl roster. Now, they're not starters, but running back Josh Jacobs and tight end Darren Waller both made the Pro Bowl. It's the first time in their careers that they made it. Uh, they were snubs last season, but got in this year, and the game's not going to actually be physically played this year because of COVID-19, but it's something that you want to have under your name. You know, you want to have that on your resume. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're going through contract negotiations. You want to say, hey, I've been a Pro Bowler two or three times or whatever, and, and that goes into your negotiations. Also, when your career is over, you know, how many times was this guy a Pro Bowler? Oh, he was an eight-time Pro Bowler? Great. Yeah, okay, maybe he's in a consideration. So, uh, nice to see Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs both uh, get into the Pro Bowl this year, not as starters, but just to get their names out there anyway. Uh, right, Raiders running backs who have made the Pro Bowl that there were draft picks by the Raiders. Marcus Allen did it six times. Marv Hubbard did it three. Bo Jackson once. Latavius Murray did it once. And now Josh Jacobs has done it once. So uh, shout out to uh, all the running backs that were drafted by the Raiders to make the Pro Bowl. Shout out to Josh Jacobs and definitely shout out to Darren Waller. Uh, very, very deserving. Now, how about guys that were voted, had a lot of votes, but not enough votes to be on the Pro Bowl? Center Rodney Hudson. This guy is like the most underrated center in the league. He actually finished with uh, fifth in voting. Uh, he gets snubbed every single year, and that's just a damn shame because, again, he is one of the best centers in football. Uh, probably has the best numbers if you just look at him, uh, compare him to everybody else, and he's right up there, probably top three or top four. He's definitely not fifth. He's better than that. Kicker Dan Daniel Carlson uh, came in sixth. Safety Jonathan Abram came in seventh. He's definitely not seventh. <laughs> he's definitely, if you look at his numbers, and that's just uh, fans like him because of who he is, not because of what he's done on the field. And that's, you know, part of the issue with the Pro Bowl is that it's a popularity contest as well. So, you know, it is what it is. So that's why a guy like Jonathan Abram gets, uh, gets ranked so high and gets voted so high uh, because fans that just like him for who he is, uh, you know, put in a lot of, of votes in the ballots. Also, fullback Alec Ingold came in ninth. So those are the Pro Bowl voting right there for the Raiders. Uh, Waller and Jacobs in. Rodney Hudson finished fifth. 
Kicker Daniel Carlson finished sixth. Jonathan Abram finished seventh. And Alec Ingold finished ninth. Now I got to go back to not so positive. And uh, this is really, I kind of should call this the Josh Dubose stat of the day. Uh, and he puts a lot of stats out there. But this is one that I found really, really interesting. And I, I'm not trying to uh, bring it to the table just to bring anyone down or whatever. But I just thought it was uh, pretty interesting, you know. Uh, so this is what he had to say about the wide receivers taken and talking about Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. Uh, he said Raiders Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken in the draft. He ranks 13 in catches with 23, 11th in yards with 414, and tied for 9th in touchdowns with 2. Raiders third rounder Brian Edwards was 15th wide receiver taken. He ranks 24th in catches with 8, 23rd in yards with 131, and has 0 touchdowns. So, not a great showing for the first wide receiver taken in the draft, and not a great showing for a third round wide receiver taken in the draft. And I know before someone calls me and hits me up and says, but Q, Henry Ruggs opens up the offense, and his speed, you know, out there on the field is different. Yeah, you're absolutely right, but the Raiders did not take Henry Ruggs at number 12 overall to be a high-priced decoy. They just didn't, and he ranks 13th right now, you know, and and again, uh, I I get it. He hasn't played every game. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm not saying he doesn't have time to all of a sudden become a guy that they use all the time and go to him quite a bit. Uh, You know, he wasn't a number one wide receiver at Alabama. I totally get that, so, you know, he he could be a a high-priced compliment, but he's got to have more production than what he has right now. 23 catches, 11th in yards with 414, and tied for ninth uh, in touchdowns with two. And Brian Edwards, and I mentioned it on Monday's show, I'd like to see a lot more from him. He's ranked right now as the 24th wide receiver after being the 15th wide receiver taken. He only has eight total catches, and he's 23rd in yards with 131, has zero touchdowns. So, you know, again, he hasn't been out there and played every single game, but a couple guys that you expected to be playmakers, a couple guys that you expected to go into the future with. You know, really, uh, when it comes to Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, I just want to see that they're going to be guys that the Raiders can rely on moving forward a lot, you know, especially uh, after this year, going into next year. I want to make sure these guys are going to be able to step up, and they haven't shown that they're going to be able to be those dudes. And so that's why on Monday I talked about I'd like to see Brian Edwards get more burn just to see what he can do and see if he can stay on the field and stay healthy so it's just something that I'm paying attention to again not calling either one of these guys a bust just knowing that there's a lot of wide receivers across the league that you can look at right now including one that played on Monday night and Chase Claypool for the Steelers that you know are putting in big time production when a guy like Henry Ruggs who was the first wide receiver taken off the board is not putting in that much production again teams use guys differently so I get it you know someone's gonna light me up and say that oh how could you say that about him he does so much for the offense Again, he's not drafted to be a high-priced decoy. So the Raiders got to figure out exactly how they want to use him moving forward and how they can get the most out of him. And that's, that's all I'm asking for. Just show me how you can get the, the most out of a dude and how he's going to complement your offense. That's, that's really what I want to want to see moving forward. And so uh, probably not get to see a whole lot of it the last two games. He's on the COVID-19 reserve list right now, so who knows when he'll come back. But uh, the Raiders have to make some kind of effort to get this dude, their first uh, first round pick, their number one uh, wide receiver, you know, the number 12 overall pick, get him more involved in the offense. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, gifts I'd like to give the Raiders for the holiday season. One gift I'd like to give the Raiders for the holiday season. And also something that the Raiders have right now, a, a, let's call it a gift or a present that I would like to return. <laughs> that the Raiders currently have. It's the holiday season, so you know, you get gifts and you return gifts. We're going to do that coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, another great sponsor here on the Locked On Raiders podcast and the title sponsor of my other show that I do, Locked On Bets, that hopefully you listen to and subscribe on the daily. Uh, I'm really excited about that show myself and Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com do a really good job. He does a really good job. I just kind of get my Howard Cosell on with him, so definitely check that out if you get the opportunity and give me some feedback on it as well. But I 
do want to tell you just about betonline.ag uh, because, look, college football season, the, the bowl season is actually here. There was a bowl game played on Monday, so uh, football is always a great time to bet. You know that. In the NFL, the playoff picture, it's getting clearer and clearer across the league. You're going to know who's in, who's out. Well, there's one place that has you covered like a Jimmy hat. One place that I trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 50% welcome bonus. That's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Uh, if you're on social media, visit their, our good friends and exclusive partners at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. You can sign up for a free account and make sure, again, you use the promo code Locked on for your sign-up bonus, which is 50% off your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag. Coming up, segment number two, right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It's time to embrace this holiday season as we talk about gifts. Gifts I'd like to give the Raiders and gifts I'd like the Raiders to return. Simple as that because you know what you do. You know when you when you open up your gifts on Christmas morning, what do you do? You like some, you give every one of them a smile, especially if family's around and, you know, they gave it to you. You're like, oh, this is great. I love it. And then you put it to the side and you're like, man, this thing is going back in the morning, right? That's what everybody does. And there's certain gifts, and I know I've given gifts before that people are like, that's stupid. I hate this gift. I'm going to take it back. I get it. None of us get gifts that are all 100% what we want or like or would even understand why someone would give it to us, but that's just what happens. It's okay. So it happens with football teams as well. Sometimes you get a gift in the offseason, you're like, yes, this is going to be outstanding, man. This is going to be great. And then as it plays out, you're like, man, this stinks. Can you return this to sender? This is terrible. So that's going to kind of be the theme of segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And I'm not going to say that this is an original Q idea because it's not. I would never even try to front and say that it was. Uh, 99% of the stuff you hear on the radio is usually stuff that is, uh, you know, been recycled from someone else. And so I actually heard this on the radio the other day. Uh, Spain and, and, uh, and Fitz, Jason Fitz, big time Raider fan, they were on. I think it was like Thursday of last week. Either way, they were on and they, they had this idea and they were just kind of spitballing back and forth. And I thought it was pretty cool. So I kind of put a Raiders twist onto it. So uh, that's where I got this from. But either way you look at it, man, still want to talk about it. Just want to give the proper credit to where credit's due. So as I sat there and thought about it, because I was listening to this segment, as I thought about it, I'm like, man, if I'm doing this for the Raiders, what gift did they receive that I was very excited about that just didn't turn out to be the way it should have been? And I'm thinking, first off top, just because of money-wise, I'm thinking, oh, Corey Littleton, duh, no-brainer. And then I thought, you know what? I don't think all of this is on Corey Littleton. As much as he has been a disappointment, I kind of look at it like, man, he, he, he was a really good player in L.A., and somehow the Raiders just didn't use him correctly. And then I thought about LaMarcus Joyner, how he was a free agent. He was a really good safety in L.A., and then the Raiders decided to put him in the slot, and he hasn't been the same. So I'm thinking, you know what? That, those two guys, I'm actually let those guys slide. LaMarcus Joyner wasn't this year anyway, so I would have let him go anyway. But it all boiled down to the defensive line and the regression that the defensive line has taken from me. So I'm looking at Rob Marinelli, who was a guy that I was very excited about. I mean, you can go back to the offseason. Hell, I can go back in the archives and find it. I did an interview with uh, Patrick Walker from CBS Sports. As a matter of fact, you can find him on Twitter at Voice of the Star when Rod Marinelli was hired to be the, the Raiders defensive coordinator, and they brought over Mo Collins, and, and then Jeff Heath followed him. And, you know, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be really good, even though I knew Jeff Heath was just, you know, he's, he's a serviceable player, but he's 
not a star. But I thought Rob Marinelli and Mo Collins, man, look out. That defensive line is going to be really, really good. And, of course, they moved on from Brenston Buckner. And, I, you know, I didn't like that because I think a lot of people were big fans of Brenston Buckner. But I did realize how many skins on the wall Rob Marinelli has and what he brings to the table. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be such a huge upgrade over what the Raiders had just a year ago. And, and look, they improved. Uh, with with Brenton Buckner. They had improved, so I thought, okay, they're going to take this next step. And Mo Collins, everyone heard about how Mo Collins was going to be the key to the Raiders' defense, right? Yeah, well, not so much. So those two guys, I kind of look at those as one gift. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you get a gift, and then there's like you have to uh, include batteries or something like that. So you just put them in on top of the package. So it's like a, a two a two for one gift. That's Rob Marinelli and Mo Collins. Those two uh, they came into the Raiders, in my opinion, together, and they ought to leave together. <laughs> you know, just straight up, they just have not. Been, it's not what it was cracked up to be. Uh, the Raiders, as a team, right now have 16 sacks. The Cardinals, where Brenton Buckner currently is the defensive line coach, have 43. 16 to 43. I mean, that's a big, large number, big gap in between uh, what the Raiders have as far as team sacks and what the Cardinals have. And look, I get it. Uh, It doesn't all come from the defensive line. There's linebackers, there's corners, there's safeties getting sacks. I don't care. I'm just looking at the, the sacks as a whole. 16 to 43 is a huge number. Now, I tell you about pro football focus all the time, and it's not the end-all, be-all for me, uh, but it kind of gives you a nice measuring stick of, of where you know teams are and players are and just kind of gives you what their idea is. So I looked up the defensive line grades uh, for the Raiders and the Cardinals, and I'll say, as much as I'm saying that I'd send Rod, uh, Rod Marinelli and Mo Collins packing, their grades aren't that much different. The Raiders' rush defensive grades are at 49.6, according to Pro Football Focus. That's good for 25th in the league. Their pass rush, 63.6, which is good for 27th. The Cardinals, on the other hand, their rush defense graded at a 44, which is worse than the Raiders' rush defense, which is 29th. And then their pass rush is at 67.3, which is 21st. So against the pass, they're obviously a little bit better, which I think all Raider fans would take that. But against the run, they're actually worse, according to Pro Football Focus. So uh, I, I don't think that, you know, Brenston Buckner just bringing him back would be the, the end-all, be-all. But I do think he had a good rapport with the team. And I do think that he had something good cooking and the young players could really kind of, uh, you know, they can get to know him and they can understand where he's coming from. So they really wanted to go out there and perform for him. But just looking at the numbers, man, 16 sacks and and 43, that's a huge number. And we all know Mo Collins has done next to nothing. I think he's touched the quarterback maybe twice this year. He's been absolutely a huge disappointment. That dude has a C on his chest. He's a captain of the team and has done absolutely nothing. I would look up his stats, but they're like non-existent. I mean, not really. They, they, he does have some stats, but I didn't, they weren't even worth looking up, so I didn't. But I can actually look him up right now just – just for blanks and giggles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just to entertain myself, I'll look at what he's got going. I know it's not a whole lot. How about he played in 10 games, has 12 total tackles, 6 solo, 6 assisted. No sacks, no passes defensed, and I think he's had like 2 or 3 quarterback hurries, couple quarterback hits, and that's it. So a whole lot of nothing for a guy who was going to be, in John Gruden's words and Paul Gunther's words, the key to the Raiders' defense. If that's the key to the Raiders' defense, that explains everything I need to know. So those guys, and when I say Mo Collins, someone's probably scratching their head, an old schooler right now. is like, wait, hey, no, Mo Collins was an offensive lineman. I mean, I'm talking Malik Collins, but a lot of folks just call him Mo Collins. Uh, I know there's Mo Hurst, but uh, I just call him Mo. I know he's Malik Collins, but either way you look at it, uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the old 
uh, Raiders offensive lineman. He deserves a lot more respect than that. So that's what I'm talking about before you get confused and be like, well, what do you mean? Anyway, uh, you got Mo Collins, uh, Malik Collins. Let's call him Malik so no one gets confused. Either way, uh, he, he's a guy that I'd send packing with Rod Marinelli. Now, the gift that I'd bring in, I think, is just obvious, man. I would just bring in a defensive coordinator who knows what they're doing and could get things turned around right away. A lot of people are saying, don't go with the old dude like Wade Phillips because he's not going to be around very long. I don't think the Raiders can afford to have a guy like develop. You know what I mean? The Raiders have a good offense right now. Is it the greatest offense? No. Does it become predictable at times? Sure. But they have a good enough offense where if they get a defense that's half, uh, you know, half as talented as it should be, they can they can win games. You know, if they're not ranked uh, 25th and, and 29th or whatever they are, what are they, 25th and 27th, then they're doing well. If they're like 18th or 15th or whatever like that, 16th, then they're winning games. You know, but they're just so bad. They're, they they need to get turned around quick, fast, and hurry, and they need someone who knows exactly what they want to do and what they need to do. I believe that the Raiders have some players. I believe that we haven't seen all these players. Like an Amik Robertson, I don't know when he's going to be available, but I think that he should be available. I think he's a guy that could bring something to the table when he does get onto the field. Trayvon Mullen's got to find a way to get his confidence back because right now it's shook. Damon Arnett, I think, is going to be good, but he can't stay on the field. You know what I mean? So the Raiders may have to make a few moves here and there. They may have to make a trade for somebody. They may have to bring somebody in uh, if you're going to bring in a Wade Phillips like I want. Even if they don't bring in Wade Phillips, bring in a guy who's established, an established defensive coordinator who knows how to turn things around quick, fast, in a hurry, and a guy that John Gruden could just say, hey, you go do that, fix the defense, I'm trusting you, and let him do that. And I don't even know if that's in John Gruden's DNA to do it that way. You know, he might want to have his fingerprints on it as well. And if so, that could be a problem. But, you know, obviously my first option would be Wade Phillips, but there's other guys out there. Maybe a Raheem Morris that's doing some good things in Atlanta. Looks like he could be good. I know Lovey Smith's name is out there now that he's out as the Illinois coach. He, he did really well in Chicago. His defense is really good. But, again, it's got to be about you've got to trust him. John Gruden's got to be able to trust the defensive coordinator to just get it right without having to have his fingerprints all over it because the defensive coordinator, that's his specialty. So you got to bring in a guy who's established. I don't think you could bring in an up-and-comer right now. Now, you could bring in an up-and-comer, put him on the staff, and have him training to be the next guy, you know, kind of prepping him and, and, and grooming him to be the next guy. But I think you need an established dude right away. Wade Phillips is my first guy, my first option, but there's others out there for sure. So uh, whoever they bring in as a defensive coordinator, let it be a guy who's established and send Rod Marinelli and send Malik Collins on their way uh, because the Raiders don't need them. And there's obviously going to be a few more players that I think the Raiders send on their way in the offseason. But... Uh, uh, Marinelli, like I said earlier, uh, matter of fact, I think it was what last week. I think it was Friday. I said that anyone that's you know part of that Paul Gunther scheme uh, probably needs to go. And anything that has to do with Paul Gunther and what that defense has done needs to go. All the coaching on them go. Just reestablish the whole defense, and uh, you know you pick and choose the players that you want to build around, and then the rest. Well, you gotta you gotta make some tough decisions as far as I'm concerned. So that's what I got for you for segment number two. Those are the gifts that I uh, I would like to return, and the gifts that I'd like to bring in for the Raiders when I look at uh, this holiday season coming up on Friday. So that's all I got for you. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Not to mention, I do have a tweet, and you can tweet at me, at your boy Q254. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is built to help you get through that wall. What wall am I talking about? That wall that's in your mind, that wall that 
tells you that you need to have that energy drink to get you the proper energy just to, to get through your day and get you fired up through ever, whatever your job is, just to give you that extra edge. Built Go is going to help you get through it. It's not like an energy drink, though, because the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. Uh, Built Go uh, is a small package, 1.5 ounces. You can put it in your purse. You can put it in your glove box. You can carry it with you. Uh, no big deal. You know, you can even put it in your pocket if you have to. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. Uh, basically, it's being considered like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. And again, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three great flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein, that's fast absorbing. So it gets into your system fast, plus it's easy on your stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Uh, Built Go then kicks in to keep you going strong. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Basically, this stuff is going to help you actually even look better. So who, who couldn't use a little bit of looking better, right? Visit BuiltGo.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Segment number three. It's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020. Your boy Q here with you. Got your calls, your text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And every once in a while... I'll put in a tweet as well. And if you want to tweet at me, you can at your boy Q254. So let's start things off with a tweet. This one's from Joey Bates. He says, hey, Q, got a stat for you. I don't think stats mean everything, but two that show a lot to me are third down percentage and points per drive. For the Raiders, they're scoring 2.67 points per drive. That's pretty good. Six in the league. They're also converting third downs at a 49.14%. Good for second in the league. So that's the good news. The bad news? They're giving up. 2.94 points per drive, which is last in the league, and giving up third downs at a rate of 50.57%, which is second to last. The defense also doesn't create turnovers, so third down really matters. Basically, the Raiders spot teams a field goal every time they're out there. Offense has to score at least a field goal every time to keep up. I mean, looking at all that, it's amazing we have seven wins. Anyway, love your shows. I'm just trying to find an explanation for the collapse, and I think this is it. We regressed against the run and couldn't get off the field. That's a tweet from Joey Bates, and that is good, good stuff right there. Lots of good information there from Joey. Definitely appreciate that tweet, my man. And so, yeah, bottom line. Every single time the Raiders offense hits the field, they have to score at least a field goal because they're averaging giving up just about three points every time the defense is on the field. So they have to score a field goal just to go ahead and, and keep up. That tells you really all you need to know. Uh, again, like, like uh, Joey said, you know, uh, last in the league, points per drive, and second to last on third down percentage. That's not going to get it done. Going back to segment number two, that's why I said you got to bring in a real deal defensive coordinator who can get things turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry. Six in the lead for points per drive. That's good. And then also converting third downs at 49.14. Good for second in the league. Both of those are good offensively, even though sometimes the play calling gets frustrating. I get it. But that defense, man, that is where the problem really lies. Joey, great tweet, my man. Thank you so much for, uh, for bringing that to the table. I appreciate you. Next up is a call before I get into that call. Got to sound the alarm one time. It's from Southern Raider from Memphis, Tennessee, and he's a new booty. He's calling to talk to you about why he doesn't or didn't expect the Raiders to be a playoff team in 2020 like a lot of us, including myself, did. And then he also wants John Gruden to do something moving forward to help improve this team. Good call real quick from a Southern Raider out of Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, Q? What's up, Raider Nation? This is a Southern Raider from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, man, this this loss is tough. 
But, you know, I didn't expect this team to uh, make the playoffs. It's It's been a rough, rough stretch. And um, the defense, this is nine times, nine, that they have allowed 30 points this season. And in the NFL history, if you give up 30 points, the most wins any team giving up 30 points for the season has averaged six wins. That's the best. So it's really a miracle that we've won seven games this far. But um, so if somehow we're able to win the next two games, finish with a winning record. That's remarkable, really. But at this point, we're not making the playoffs. Um, we need to look to next year. And obviously the team needs a lot of changes, um, especially defense. But Wade Phillips seems like, the obvious answer. Um, but even on offense, I mean, I feel like Gruden needs a he needs help on all levels. And I think he needs to stop hiring his buddies and bring in guys that will challenge him in a way. Iron sharpens iron. And even like Andy Reid's got the enemy, um, Kyle Shanahan has LaFleur. Like these, even great offensive minds have help other good offensive minds and I don't think Olsen is that I, I don't know that's just me but I feel like he needs some somebody to challenge him and like I don't know just not listen to everything he says because he just hires all his buddies and I feel like a lot of this Gruden really is doing what he wants and you know I don't know I just feel like he's very stubborn, and if it keeps going this way, then Gruden is not going to be the guy. I love Gruden, but we need to do something else, man. I don't get it. But I don't know. Hopefully we win the next two, and we have a good offseason because we need it. Southern Raider, out. There he is right there, Southern Raider. Thank you for that call, my man. Welcome to the fam. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely been a tough season for sure. And I, I think this team should be a playoff team. Uh, three years under John Gruden, that should be long enough to at least make a wild card spot. Now, I know the AFC West is tough. Obviously, the Chiefs are there. They're the cream of the crop. I get it. But you should be competing for a wild card spot. And I know technically they're still in the playoff hunt, but it's such a – I mean, they're, they're, their hopes to get into the playoffs is absolutely on life support right now. But as far as Gruden hiring his buddies to be assistant coaches – they all do that across the league, man. All these coaches hire guys that they're comfortable with and have a history with. You know, That's why I'm not sure about Wade Phillips if he's even going to get a call from the Raiders. I'm not sure how close with Gruden Wade is or if he's had any kind of uh, you know, relationship with him. I know that Wade has a huge personality, and we all know how John Gruden is. We know he has a, a hell of a personality as well, a large personality. So I don't know if those two even get along together, but... You know, either way you look at it, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they do because man, uh, that would be a good a good combination right there, I think. But we'll see how it all shakes out. Thank you so much for that uh, that call. Appreciate you. Uh, next up, I got a text from Loyalty Raider, and before I get into that, do I? No, he's not a new booty. I'm just kidding. Anyway, he says, "What's good, Q? What it do, Nation? It's your Raider brother, Loyalty Q, my dude. You need to smoke somebody. Show some of these new booties how you get down. I got you a prime candidate, Trayvon Mullen." Sorry, but I feel some type of way. 
That's the reason I didn't call. You said he's a Robin? In the bloody Batman version, the Joker kills a wannabe Robin and hangs his mask for the world to see. That's him. Because these Jokers are killing this man every week. Side note, what happens if a team with a record of 6-10 and 10 make it to the playoffs? Where does that stand in the first round of the draft? Still loyal. One love, Nation. That's from Loyalty Raider. And, yeah, I mean, a team with a 6-10 and 10 record could make it, I guess. You know, I mean, the, uh, the Seahawks back in the day made it at 7-9. and nine. You still would slide in after, you know, after all the other teams who didn't make the playoffs and then depending on when you get booted out of the playoffs that year that the Seahawks made it in at seven and nine that was the year of the beast quake you know when uh, Marshawn Lynch against the Saints I believe that was in the wild card round uh, took it to the house and would not be denied and so they actually made it to the second round of the playoffs so I'm not sure when their draft order came up but it was later on just because they did make it to the second round of the playoffs but that's how it shake out all the teams that didn't make the postseason would be ahead of you and then you'd fall in depending on when you get booted out of the playoffs if that makes any sense so uh, thank you so much for that and as far as Trayvon Mullen uh, I don't think I need to smoke him he's had some some good moments he's had a couple interceptions so far this year I think he's a good player I just think he's lost his confidence the last couple weeks and that's something that he needs to definitely find and get and get back and somehow the Raiders need to help him out getting that confidence back so uh, thank you so much for that appreciate you uh, next up is T3 Raider facts five quick hits of the day he's calling in to talk about uh LaMarcus Joyner possibly moving back to safety. Uh, Two or three more sacks from Max Crosby. Quarterback controversy. What the Raiders should do moving forward. Uh, The NFL penalizing Josh Jacobs and not the player that drilled Hunter Renfro. And then thoughts from Lewis Riddick. Here he is. T3 Raider Facts with his five quick hits of the day. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day. Number one, maybe now we can pencil in LaMarcus Joyner at the free safety position. Jonathan Abram has had a tough rookie year, and I'm not giving up on the man yet, but he needs to find his control, his discipline, and most of all, his place in a fundamental defensive scheme, hopefully coming our way in 2021. Number two, Q, like you said, I would love to see just two or three more sacks over the next two games for Mad Max Crosby, who's been heard from not a lot over the past few weeks. Maybe if we can get Furl back and team those two guys up again, good things can happen. Number three, you knew the quarterback controversy was going to rear its ugly head at some point. Well, I think it's fair to say that one of those two guys, Carr or Mariota, might find himself in another uniform next year. But I still say we need to draft a quarterback in round two of next year's draft and start laying the foundation for the long-term success of the franchise. Number four, I just don't know how the NFL can warrant giving Josh Jacobs not one, but two penalties for lowering his head this year, while not penalizing Derrick Henry for face slaps or that Charger knucklehead who came in and speared Hunter Renfro last week. It may still sound like a conspiracy theory in terms of Raiders and penalties, but there seems to be some evidence there. And number five, here's a little something from Lewis Riddick, a man whose opinion I respect very much. When talking about the Raiders' defensive woes earlier in the year, he had this to say. When you see the same fundamental mistakes by multiple different players within a position group, that's a coaching issue. Let me take it one step further. Either you're coaching bad fundamentals or you are allowing it to happen and not doing something to break the pattern of mistakes. Modify the methods used to coach, teach, modify the scheme to better fit the player or replace the player. Enough said. Raider Nation, I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and a happy holiday. I'll be watching the Raiders on Saturday, rocking my Rodney Hudson jersey and sipping on bourbon. Here's hoping for a win and no whammies. Stay safe, keep the faith and the passion, because passion always outlives fashion.
T3, thank you for that call, my man. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to see LaMarcus Joyner at safety, especially with all the guys that are out due to COVID-19 on the reserve list, like Eric Harris is out there. And uh, there's no reason for Dolan Levitt to be out there as a safety. Just there is no reason. Uh, Max Crosby, would love to see him get two or three more sacks, just similar to Trayvon Mullen, what I was saying. He needs to get his own confidence back. You know, he hasn't had a sack since week 10 against Denver. So, yeah, I would definitely like to see Max get back and, and get a couple more sacks registered. Um, you know, I, I don't sign up for the Raiders. Hate by the league and the official. Appreciating, but uh, I'll tell you, that Thursday night game, it was especially bad. And that uh, egregious call, non-call actually against Hunter Renfro, uh, when he got drilled and, and got the concussion, uh, yeah, that was that was awful. So, uh, yeah, the, the officiating needs to be a whole lot better. That was that was just a bad display on Thursday night. Uh, and then, of course, as far as uh, what Lewis Riddick had to say, yeah, c- coaching was an issue. Combined with players not being held accountable uh, really led to the Raiders' defense being as horrific as it has been in 2020. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. And I got one more text for today's show. And before I get into it, got to sound the alarm one more time. This text is from Raider G, who is a new booty. Says, yo, Q. Raider G here, first-time texter. I want to bring attention an article I saw on Gruden's exit with the Bucks. There are just some There are some disturbing similarities with the Raiders' team now. It highlighted the trend of his team collapsing in December. His last season, they were 9-3, needing one game to clinch. They lost four straight and out of the playoffs altogether. His team also has regressed every year he took over. There is something going on internally between him and the team. People called him a great motivator, but his teams tend to quit on him at the most important times. And then he included a, a picture of an article that was on ESPN and basically, in just a little small segment, said uh, Gruden guided the Bucks to the postseason only two more times after becoming the youngest coach to win the NFL title in January 2003. Uh, that wasn't nearly enough for the sons of owner Malcolm Glazer, who took their time before deciding they'd seen enough of aging quarterbacks, mediocre drafts, and a coach and general manager who often pinned the blame for poor finishes on injuries so anyway that was just a little piece on Gruden and I do know that there are similarities to uh, when he ended his time in, uh, in in Tampa Bay a matter of fact the Raiders ended his time in Tampa Bay ultimately winning a game with Jamarcus Russell at the helm as the quarterback and that was the final game that John Gruden coached uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that did keep them out of the playoffs I remember that season and then he ended up getting fired and obviously he was not a head coach in the league anymore until the Raiders brought him back in 2018 but uh, yeah thank you for that uh, that piece it's good to hear from you my man welcome to the family uh, definitely appreciate you so uh, that's all I got for you today on the Locked On Raiders podcast starting tomorrow we'll turn the page to Miami as they're up next they're going to be playing the day after Christmas that's Saturday another prime time game for the Raiders Raiders in Miami it's going to be a tough out but we'll turn the page and start looking towards Miami and look at some keys to the game and, and all that good stuff focusing on the Dolphins who come in with a red hot record they're definitely cooking with grease like I like to say so uh, take care of yourself Raider Nation appreciate all the feedback appreciate all the love on the show uh, you know keep Keep doing what you're doing. Wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, do what you got to do. But most importantly, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.